Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. You could take a 90 year old person and they could remember what happened to them when they were a child. They could remember some rejection, perhaps by their parents, by siblings, by friends. We have a remarkable memory for those emotional pains that we experience in the journey. God has a remarkable way of taking them and transforming them for our good. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Everyone has had a moment in their life when they experienced rejection. Today, Pastor Ed will be reminding us that even if we had a tough childhood or experienced rejection even from our own parents, our Heavenly Father will never reject us. As a Christian, you are accepted and have been given access to the throne room of your Heavenly Father. Anything the enemy intended for evil in your life, God is in the process of turning it around for your good. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Rising Above Rejection. You know, God is not like some automaker who produces several models of their cars. And they just, with each model, maybe they have different features on them. They have upgrades on them. Uh, God doesn't mass produce his leaders, his people. When Gideon is chosen by God, God comes and speaks to him and in incredible ways. And Gideon was hiding from the Midianites. He was just on that wine press, didn't want to go and be seen by anybody. And God says, you mighty man of valor. And he, he speaks to him personally. Nathaniel was influenced by the godly heritage of Caleb, his father-in-law, and a godly, uh, godly wife. And it was influenced by a family that had known God in a very personal and intimate way. And then you come to Jephthah. I mean, he's, he's born on the other side of the tracks. Uh, you, you would have never, ever thought that God would raise Jephthah up as a judge. But God never mass produces those who will serve him. He has different journeys, different ways. And God is working through a variety of circumstances. You may look at your life and you may think, God, how could you ever use that? What I've gone through or what I'm going through. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing how God will use things in your life. The message this morning is titled, Rising above rejection. Rising above rejection. And it's from the book of Judges, the 11th chapter, beginning to read with verse 1. Jephthah, the Giladite, was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. 
Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You're not to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a group of adventurers gathered around him and followed him. Some time later, when the Ammonites made war on Israel, the elders of Gilead went to Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. Jephthah said to them, did you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? The elders of Gilead said to him, nevertheless, uh, we're turning to you now. Come with us to fight the Ammonites and you will be our head over all who live in Gilead. And Jephthah answered, suppose uh, you take me back to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gives them to me. Will I really be your head? The elders of Gilead replied, the Lord is our witness. We will certainly do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and commander over them and he repeated all his words before the Lord at Mizpah. Now he comes to judgeship differently than the other judges do. God doesn't always have the same road for each and every one of us. But God's hand is on him. And this man is going to rise above rejection. Did you ever hear or ever say, man, that person really broke my heart. What they said was a lot like a knife that went right through me. They really hurt me. Matthew D. Lieberman, a neuroscientist, began to think about how people responded to emotional and social rejection. And so he did an experiment. He got this game called Cyberball. And in this game, there were three participants. Two were just two computer-generated players, and one was the research person that they were doing research on, and they connected them up to like a brain scan. And so they were passing the ball, a simple game, around to one another. And after the game went on for a while, they stopped passing it to the research person, the person who was being tested. And at the end of the test, even though it was a simple game, that person felt depressed, they felt uh, rejected, they was hurt, and they noticed on the brain scan that they could see the reaction in their brain. In fact, Dr. Lieberman said, if that person had gone through physical pain, maybe they broke a leg, they uh, twisted their, their arm, they went through other physical pain, and they went through emotional pain, and you were looking at a brain scan, you could not tell which was which. Because emotion, social rejection, really does hurt. Ever feel like you got punched in the gut? Somebody did something, somebody said something, and you just feel that pain inside. There's a, a woman and a 
gentleman, John, actually, his name was John White, and her name was Jenna Thompson. They lived about 150 years ago, and they had an affair. And she became pregnant, and uh, John wanted to marry Janet, but she refused. And she had the child, and she gave the child the father's last name, White. And what happened was this child grew up in a small community where everybody knew everybody. And he never could get away from the fact that he was born out of wedlock. They called him an illegitimate child. And he grew up with that stigma. Now he became an apprentice to a shoemaker and he worked very hard. And eventually he went to university. Uh, He went to Cambridge and I think he went to Oxford as well. And eventually he became a preacher. And if you read his sermons, because he specialized on preaching on biblical characters, so from Genesis all the way uh, into our New Testament, he would preach about different biblical characters. It's incredible insight into people and personalities and uh, just very perceptive. His books are still being sold. He did a series on Pilgrim's Progress, on the characters on Pilgrim's Progress. He did a series, as I said, on Old and New Testament characters. Now, I read his sermon on Jephthah, and he made this insightful statement, and I'm paraphrasing it some. He said, the Lord poured oil and wine into that lifelong wound. The Lord poured oil and wine into that lifelong wound. You could take a 90-year-old person and they could remember what happened to them when they were a child. They could remember some rejection, perhaps by their parents, by siblings, by friends. We have a remarkable memory for those emotional pains that we experience in the journey. God has a remarkable way of taking them and transforming them for our good. See, he can bring good out of evil. He's a master at that. And so we're going to look at Jephthah this morning. He was born on what you might call the wrong side of the tracks. In verse 1, Jephthah the Gilead was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Now, this man... Gilead was a a well-known man, a a popular man in his community, an influential man, and he was with a prostitute, and she became pregnant. They didn't have an abortion. They had a child, and this man took that child into his own home and raised him as his own son. How do you think his wife might have felt when she saw that child? And she looked at that child. Hmm, that's what my husband did. How do you think the siblings felt? And then when he went into a community that he lived in, in that community, how do you think the other kids treated him? Now, his father protected him and was concerned about him and raised him up because you see that It wasn't until his father died that they threw him out. All of us, somewhere along the journey, 
will experience rejection. All of us will experience some handicap in life. You could feel like, I wish I could do this better or that better. I feel like this holds me back or that holds me back. There's things that we would like to, well, that we'd like to change. And I'm sure Jephthah wanted to change some things about his childhood, his growing up, his years. But you know, our Heavenly Father knows about your journey and my journey. And he allowed his own son to experience rejection. For in John 1.11, it reads concerning Jesus, he came to his own people and even they rejected him. You'll experience rejection from family members, from colleagues, maybe even spiritual leaders, from all sorts of situations that you go through in life. But God will never reject you when you come to him. God will never turn you outside of his house when you call on him and run to him. In fact, the scripture says in Psalm 94, 14, for the Lord will not reject his people. He will never forsake his inheritance. That's why Jesus so reflected what God the Father was like. And people were upset with him, the religious leaders, and they put a label on Jesus. Friend of sinners. Thank God he wore that label. For on that cross, he proved, he showed, he was a friend of sinners because he took your sins and my sins upon himself and there died for us. So there's no, there's no rejection with, with God. And you may feel like you were born with some handicaps on the wrong side of the track. Maybe like Jephthah, feel like you have a, You're wounded by a history of rejection. That was his story. In verses two to three, Gilead's wife also had several sons. And when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said. You are the son of a prostitute. Now imagine that. Dad dies. All the brothers get together and they say, He's gone. Jephthah's not going to take a part of that inheritance. When they understood what money meant, when they understood what land meant, when they understood what inheritance was, they just literally chased him out. Now, they would have had to gone to the elders of the city, and they would have had to take their case before him. And so they took their case to the elders of the city, and it was at town hall or the marketplace, it was approved. It was passed. Jephthah, you get nothing. Imagine the pain in his heart. Imagine how he felt. I mean, he knew how to use his fist. He knew how to fight. You had to. He knew how to defend himself. But all of that never, ever healed the pain in his heart. Uh, He was tough on the outside, strong on the outside. 
a military leader on the outside, skilled. But deep inside, there was a shame and a pain that ached in his soul. It was difficult. Maybe you could identify. I know, I know that we don't have Jesus on the cross because we focus on the resurrection. But that doesn't mean we don't have a theology of suffering. (laughs) Live any amount of years. I mean, you may try and brainwash yourself. You may try and listen to someone and say, no, Christians aren't going to suffer. That's not part of the journey. I don't know what Bible they read. But it's there. It's there. We suffer. And part of taking up our cross, you experience what Jesus experiences. The rejection, the pain, the suffering. Though each step to the cross was a step of agony, it was also a step of victory. Think about that. Jesus is going to the cross. Agony. The lashes, the ridicule, the mocking. But on that cross was the greatest victory that was ever won, the greatest triumph that ever, ever happened. And those steps as you go with the cross on your shoulders are going to a place of victory and triumph. And see, God is doing something in Jephthah that Jephthah has no idea of. And what you have to be able to do is you have to sometimes be able to go back because you don't realize that at a time. You you can't always process it in the moment. But you let God go back with you and let him heal those past wounds. You take those wounds with you all the way to the grave. You do. But thank God he keeps on pouring, pouring in the oil and the wine to heal your heart. The oil and the wine, the oil of his presence, the wine of his presence. He's chosen by God. He's chosen, of course, as we said, differently. If he was wounded by just a constant history of rejection, but God had his hand on his life. How many of you know that when you didn't know God, God knew you? That when you weren't walking with God, God was still watching over you. Now, even in those times when you wandered from the father's house and you played out your story like the prodigal son, he was still watching, he was still waiting, he was still looking. And, and here, here he is. God's watching over him. So what happens is one day these very people who rejected him have to eat crow. Because they couldn't find anybody like Jephthah. He knew how to fight a battle. He had some military skills. And, and they, they realized they needed him in this moment. And, well, let me read it to you from Judges 11, 11 and chapter 12. Chosen by divine providence. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead. They had come to him and they asked him, as we read, if you would be our leader. And so he starts negotiating with them. There's a negotiation that goes on there. And the people made him their ruler. 
and commander of the army at Mizpah in the presence of the Lord. So here Jephthah repeated what he had said to the elders. So here he is. And, and again and again you see God's name mentioned. And he's repeating it at Mizpah at the ceremony as he's dedicated as he's taking this role on. And then in chapter 12 it talks about Jephthah. Jephthah judged Israel six years. He becomes one of the judges of Israel. As I said earlier, God doesn't mass produce us. Uh, the school of suffering is a school that each of us are enrolled in. Uh, your courses are maybe a little different than mine, mine a little different than yours, uh, but God has a way of just using all of those things and he's preparing them. So God's looking at Jephthah. Well, Jephthah, someday you're gonna be judge. Now, you don't see it. <laughs> your brothers don't see it, certainly. And, and even those elders in uh, the city don't see it, but I see it. And Jephthah, I have to make you a little tougher. Yeah, I, I'm going to use those pains and those hurts and, and, and those things that happen to you. I'm going to use them for you, Jephthah, because they're going to train you to be strong. They're going to train you to have endurance. See, now, I, I know we want to moan and groan. <laughs> Oh, God, why me? Give it to one of the pastors. They're spiritually mature. Let them talk about it. <laughs> why me? No, no, no. God said, well, I have something for you. I'm preparing you. I'm placed my hand on your life. And here Jephthah is. God's training and working with him. His journey is going to be far different than Othaniel's. His journey is going to be different than Barak's, where Deborah tells him, here's a word. His journey is going to be very different. Don't you know that God speaks to us in a variety of ways? He, he just doesn't speak one way, and, and he uses a variety of means suited to us. You see God working behind the scenes all the way through in Jephthah's life, there's a passage of scripture found in the New Testament. God called the apostle Paul, and he says this. But the Lord said, go to, for Saul is my chosen instrument. That's pretty good. How many want to be a chosen instrument? Chosen by God. Come on, right? Used by God? Okay, let's read the rest. To take the message to the Gentiles and to kings. Hey, that sounds pretty good, uh, you know. All right as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must. That's a mistake there. <laughs> how much he must suffer for my name's sake. See, that's part of it. We're gonna be more like Jesus. Well, you gotta suffer some rejection here. You gotta suffer some pain here. Not that God plans all those things, but he uses those things. I want to be careful because we're in a fallen world and fallen things happen in our fallen world, but, but God redeems those things if you put them in his hands. If you could believe him and say, oh, Lord, I am hurting. And you say, Lord, I put it in your hands. I put it in your hands. Some of you have experienced a broken marriage. Hmm. Some of you have walked through a journey where your own children have rejected you and taken advantage of you. Some of you have experienced such painful things and you want to take that eraser and you want to erase that from the story. Take it out of the storyline. And God is saying, let me use it in the storyline. 
Let me use it. Let me use it. Put it in his hands and watch how he uses it because he's going to use it in Jephthah's life. Women in ministry is a topic that has a variety of opinions surrounding it. The book of Judges highlights a particular woman who is not only a mighty warrior, but a wise leader in the nation of Israel. Through this study, Pastor Ed will share with us the important role that women play in the body of Christ. And this is only one important truth we'll learn as we study the book of Judges. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.